Chapter 2 Holt sat there staring into the monitors, watching the scene unfold from his office miles away. Alan, too, scanning the other perimeter monitors for any unwanted guests. We're one minute ahead of schedule. Doing pretty well if you ask me, said Alan, who sat comfortably in his desk chair. See, the thing is, Alan, no one asked you. No one asked you to even speak. Yet here we are in a conversation brought on by your extra willingness to speak when there is silence. Alan snickered, then sneered at Holt's remarks. Though he hated Holt, he needed him to accomplish his own goals. The two went way back and had worked their way up in the same company, called Grandmen. This company had their fingers in a little bit of everything, but mainly sold pharmaceuticals. Allen started in the research and development sector, carrying out corporate espionage when needed, and buying out other, smaller companies in ways some would deem ethically sly. Holt started at the company at about the same time. However, Holt got the job because of who his dad was a sitting United States Senator. Like before, because of who Holt knew, he quickly became president and CEO of Grand Med. Allen worked hard to get where he was today, and had a strong hate for how Holt came to be in his current position, especially being so young. Nothing can supersede hard work. Allen, do you know why we do what we do? Holt questioned as he stood up from his chair and paced back and forth behind Allen's safe space. As in our official capacity or the capacity that we currently are watching? The two made a heavy eye contact. Both, replied Holt. Well, our official capacity at Grand Med is not only a great cover, but it also gives us plenty of flexibility to work towards and accomplish our long-term goals. I mean, if we look at what our organization has already accomplished, it's astounding. Alan glanced back at the monitors, noting the conversation still going on between Sarah and Roman. You are correct in all that you said, Holt replied. Our greatest accomplishment is removing the ideal of thinking for oneself within the general public. We have been able to see the people place complete trust in the medical system. This includes the doctors within the medical system. The ones who control the medical system control the world. Our niche has been the ability to give the public the idea that acute diseases like Ebola or the pandemic flu are what we have to watch out for. In reality, chronic disease is the real killer and the best moneymaker. No one profits off of healthy people. I don't profit off of healthy people, which is why we must continue to control the medical schools, the insurances, and nutrition of the general public. This is why Roman is needed. He is special. Holt glanced at the monitors watching the two men emerge from the background, one carrying a syringe and the other a straitjacket. Watching the same scene, Alan watched in anticipation, still curious as to why Roman was the one that so much time and resources were devoted to. Alan, Holt said, another thing you may not know about me, and one of the main reasons why I have become so successful, is not because of who I know. Alan froze. Did I think that out loud earlier? But has everything to do with a kind of feeling, a feeling I get when I am in close proximity with people. I could go on and on as to how I got this feeling, but I'll make it simple for you. Alan turned around in his chair to see Holt standing merely three feet away from him. Shocked at how close they were, Alan tried to scoot back a little but felt the bump at the, of the monitor desk behind him. As Holt was speaking, a yellow glow began to emanate from underneath Holt's skin, subtle but noticeable, especially in the dimly lit room they had been occupying. Holt continued, I can feel thoughts. Over the past two years, I have been able to fine-tune this. We'll call it an ability in ways that have helped me succeed and feel what other people are thinking. Unfortunately, 
My tail is this slight glow just underneath my skin. This is also why I always wear long sleeves and pants until now, because I wanted you to see for yourself. I felt what you have been thinking for a long time now and want to let you in on something. I know you. A shudder slammed down Alan's spine as he felt like all his deepest, darkest secrets have just become to light, surfacing all that he hated about Holt. Trying to play it off, Alan slouched down in his chair and replied, Welp, this is awkward. I guess you know quite a bit about me, huh? Oh, I know it all, Alan, and have for quite some time. But your goals are very similar to mine. Though I know your disdain for me and how I got to be where I am, and it was not just for my father. I believe we can work together to accomplish things no one else has in the past, nor will accomplish in the future. Like myself, you have something inside you that will get things done no matter what the cost. Not knowing what to think due to this newfound fact, Alan sat there in silence, contemplating the gravity of what has been said and doing everything possible not to give away any more thoughts. He feels what I think? What does that even mean? How do you feel thoughts? All will be made known very soon, Holt replied. I want you to watch what is about to take place with our friend Roman. Defenseless, broken, unknowing, Roman sat there smelling the aroma of leather emanating off the well-used straitjacket. Each arm fitted tightly around his torso, wrapped around to his back and cinched up tight, allowing no movement whatsoever. His bullet wound still painless. This makes zero sense. How can I be shot and not feel continual pain? How is it almost fully healed? Gosh, I wish I would have taken Isabella on that trip I've been promising her. Why didn't I prioritize her more? All these years of marriage and I feel like a failure. Maybe we should have adopted like she wanted. If I ever get out of this, I'm going to make it right. I'm going to make her feel the way she needs to feel, the queen she is. Oh, how I miss how her hands feel in mine. Her hair, smooth and soft. The aroma and essence of beauty itself, worn as a crown of royalty. It's been weeks since we've been intimate, all because I was always too tired and busy. Now I may never see her again. What I would give to see her emerald eyes piercing into my heart, making it sprint for the love I once knew. A tear glossed down his cheek. Oh, my love, please look at me. Roman snapped out of the remorseful trance of regret he put himself in to find the lady in white, Sarah, speaking to him. You'll only feel a slight pinch, she said, as one of the stocky men injected Roman with a syringe full of liquid directly into his right arm. There you go, darling. You should feel a drifting of reality very shortly, Sarah said, standing there gazing at her captive. Suddenly, Roman could feel a warm sensation shooting up the side of the injection. Beginning slowly, it quickly changed to a feeling of pleasure upon his entire being. Deep pleasure. A pleasure not known to the captive before. A pleasure that he now craved. Tingling rang from his toes to the crown of his skull. Then finally, his mind drifted from the present reality to a new one. Black. The freed captive awoke to the sounds of birds chirping in the background, monkeys guffawing, and wind attempting to find its way through the trees, lost without a cause. Towering trees swayed with the same cause unknown to any man, no goal in sight. Roman sat upright, realizing he had been laying on his back in the middle of a large forest. The warm, moist air made his clothes stick to his back. Bewildered, Roman looked around, squinting his eyes at the bright sun that found a break through the tree canopy. Feeling alive and free, he began walking forward, noticing how much he'd missed this feeling. This feeling had been lost on him for quite some time. It was happiness. Step by step, he explored as much of this new world as possible, not a care in the world. 
Roman, how are we doing today? A voice in his head, but not his own, calling his name. A twig cracked behind him, causing him to flip his head around, searching for the perpetrator. Suddenly, shadows fell upon his position, almost as if the sun fell from the sky. The trees danced with the wind, and Roman soon felt a small presence behind him. As he slowly turned, the sky turned purple and the trees turned yellow, and there before him stood what looked like a black jaguar. Its eyes refused to blink as its black fur seemed to shine with all of its brilliance. Roman froze, unknowing what to do next. Nothing seemed to make sense anymore. It was real, but then it wasn't. Hello, Roman. I know you don't know me, but I am here to help you make sense of it all. Make sense of this life and the next. The voice. Um, can you speak? Roman asked as the two stood there glaring at each other. Yes, I can, Roman. So you're in my head, apparently, but of course you are. Why wouldn't you be? <laughs> I don't mind speaking to you like normal if it helps you, said the jaguar as a smile leapt across his face. My name is Taka, and this is my home. Of course the jaguar speaks. Where am I? Like I said, you're in one of my homes. I have many, but this place seems fitting to meet most people since it is familiar. Most people, eh? You've done this before, I see. The question is, why me? Why is my shoulder bloody? Taka glided to a halt right next to Roman, an arm's length away from touching him. The jaguar's shoulders were Roman's height, and the human quickly realized the brute strength this animal must possess. Yes, this is not the first time I have brought someone here to my world. Roman could feel Taka's hot breath upon his face. Taka continued in his slow and sultry voice. Your shoulder is bloody because you were shot just a few moments ago. It is also healed because of something I derived from my world, giving it to you in order to catch your attention. Humans have a way of getting distracted from what is important. This concoction of ingredients has already begun to work upon your very cells. Only one other human has absorbed this mixture, and he is the one that brought you to me. Like I said, you are very special. So you held me down and injected me with a concoction of meds that is supposed to change my very being? Yet again, why me? I'm getting pretty pissed at everyone's dodging of my questions. As you should be very angry. I can understand your frustration. First, let me tell you what I do, and this should help you understand why you are one of the two people in the universe set aside for our mission. Will this suffice? There doesn't really seem like I have a choice as to what you say. There is always a choice. Choice is one of the most powerful tools available to humans, and also one of the most dangerous. It is why we are here, as I am one of a handful of entities carrying out a specific plan. This plan has been alive since before time began, and we are time's messengers. Some call us the beings, others call us aliens, but we have always been here. Always watching between one of the ten dimensions, carrying out what needs to be done. What needs to be done cannot be undone. Since the beginning of time, humans have always had access to us with certain helpful agents. I believe you call them hallucinogens, specifically N-dimethyltryptamine, or DMT. This compound is the gateway to our world, and many humans have attempted to consult us for wisdom in many different ways. We help all who come to us, looking for any and every opportunity to further our goals. Some humans earn the right for regular con consultation based upon their position of power and whether their goals line up with ours. However, you are different. Only one other person has similar genetic structure like yours, 
unleashed by the compound that I gave both of you. That person, along with you, we want to work for us. Of course, there would be many good things that would come out of it, for you especially. So, you're an alien who works between dimensions. That is a part of a larger plan to do what? Roman began to pace back and forth in front of Taka, trying to make sense of it all. The larger plan is one of doing good to all. Sometimes it doesn't seem like it, but it always turns out well, Taka replied. You mentioned that I was given a concoction of ingredients. What is it, Roman said. Also, why and how did you come to find out that my DNA was special? The ingredients are a mix of substances, including DMT from my world. It was specifically mixed to fix and attach to your double helix structure of DNA, rewiring it to your full potential. It will begin to make sense here in a couple of minutes. How we found it was by mere coincidence. The two of you, specific ones, with the special wiring, so to speak, are a part of a prophecy foretold long ago by our leader, Rama. We've been searching ever since for the two of you and your ability to carry out what needs to be done, but it has to be your choice. I cannot force you. Yet I was trapped, shot, and brought here beyond my will to speak with you, and you want me to choose to help you? Unmoved, Taka replied. In a word, yes. Bringing you here can happen in any way. What you do from here on out is up to you. Choice and love are the only things we cannot control. They go hand in hand. A human cannot love until they choose to love, and they cannot choose until the irrational feeling of love takes over. These two concepts are what set in stone the concoction of ingredients you have been given. It is the lock and key of the whole process. So if I choose to go along with Roman froze as his blood felt like it caught fire, racing to his heart and back, fueling the coming onslaught, fierce red eyes peered out from the body Roman once felt, and power surged through his veins. A bright flash of light burst from his chest as he gasped for air. Taka sat there, motionless, a slight grin barely noticeable crept across the jaguar's face, moving his whiskers to the side for a split second, staring at the motionless body of the ever-changed Roman Bridge.